0: to another episode of Chocolate with a Side of Medicine. I am here with my lovely co host We got Amy Joe MD. What's up y'all? And we got Dr. Sunshine.
1: My people, how y'all doing?
0: And I am Dr. Chris. And um we're missing one person
1: today. Dr. Dono out here saving lives. She out here saving lives. lives. Saving lives.
0: <laughs> and we bring you a timely product so we are doing this without dr nono today but she's here she's
1: here with us in spirit though she's fine
2: absolutely
0: we're gonna channel her spirit today
2: plus we want y'all come to find us because listen right when these uh, episodes ain't <laughs> out
0: right right and then you get mad at us like wow we ain't got this episode i'll uh, be so, like sorry we busy i'm sorry they said
1: every other wednesday like okay. why, we they, why, they why they why they not why they're any
2: trouble why right, ain't so, lying? we're not lying today you we got this episode today.
1: We're not lying today. Because do y'all know how hard it is to get four doctors to sync up their schedules to record something and have it out on the same, you know, schedule all the time? That's hard. It is hard.
2: Yes. It's hard. It's, uh, hard. It is hard. it's very be, difficult.
0: We be busy, y'all. We be busy. But we're doing this for y'all today.
2: Which is a big sacrifice because I'm out here in these NCAA streets <laughs> watching these tournament <laughs> games, okay? Right, I'm Right,
0: right. So I, I, I heard you guys were talking about these uh, – uh, your picks and the tournaments like what's going
2: on girl, my brackets are busted that's what's going everybody's,
1: on <laughs> everybody's brackets are busted men's and women's all the brackets are just
2: done shot done shot you know I'm a SEC girl so USC is still holding it down for me so shout out to the Gamecocks and Dawn Staley I need them girls to be ready to roll but I watched LSU take a hard loss yesterday. We're talking about women right now. Cause mm-hmm. the fellas the SEC on the fella's side too. Auburn's out, Kentucky's out, Bam's out. Um
1: Yo, that Kentucky lost messed up everybody's brackets. Everybody was like, Oh, my brackets done.
2: Yeah. I mean
1: <laughs> they had Kentucky going like deep.
2: They're like, Oh, yeah, I had Kentucky going well, deep. And they, then they were like
1: don't they normally go pretty far? Yes. Yeah, usually, but mm-hmm. not not this year. Not this today, year, though. This is the year of the underdog, man. Like there's all types of underdog upsets and everything. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. Especially, especially watching, especially watching a lot of like especially that Creighton game. Yo. Like watching all of the all of the emotion sink out of that Iowa arena. I was like wow
2: deflated
1: like so deflated and there were so there were thousands of people there and Mm. I was like what a statement that is to go into someone's hostile environment and just like nail it like Yeah. Yo. And the last two minutes of that game was a lot of back and forth and this and that. And I'm like, this is, this is intense. Like, I can't, I can't. My (laughs) My heart, right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I was like, man, you know, Iowa's supposed to go out. Man, listen.
2: And the turnouts for the women's games have been good, especially in the host, the host cities. Like, so people are like, Packing out the gyms to see these games. Mm. So these games have got great crowd, great crowd response. Like it's loud, they're cheering for the home team. So to completely deflate a home crowd, Uh, who was that? Who else was that? Uh, Notre Dame
1: gave,
2: Mm -hmm. who was it? Oklahoma? Who who did they play? Notre Dame, who did they play? They gave whoever they played the business. Oklahoma. Yo.
1: Oklahoma. They beat them
2: by like forty points. I mean, yep. it was it was impressive. Wow. It was yeah.
1: Okay, pause. Speaking of getting spanked, I just want to say this, and I know that we had a moment of celebration for Howard because rarely do they make
3: <laughs> an NCAA listen. Listen, <laughs> listen,
1: listen. Before before we get into the facts, I just want to <laughs> say shout out to Howard. Shout out, shout out to the Miak. You know, because Miak rarely gets any shine. Rarely. And Howard, you know, they, they made their way into, you know, to the NCAA tournament and everything. But unfortunately, by making they their way in, they the uh they they walked into uh, a meeting with South Carolina and uh Let they got they got shlapped. Oh. Sh- I, shlapped. I can't even spell that <laughs>
3: <Yo>.
1: <laughs> by South Carolina and you know what? As a as a as a Howard, I, I was like, you know what? There were points in the game where I'm like, this score cannot be real, but I will forever be a Howard Bison, and I am always in support of our girls. But they got they just drew the wrong hand because that MIAC versus SEC in South Carolina at that. And my only hope, I was like, as soon as I knew they were going against South Carolina, I'm like, man, maybe they can just keep it competitive, and they didn't.
2: But you know what? <laughs> here, you know what's here is what's interesting because I I, I I I I was at that game. Um,
0: you were at the game?
2: Yeah. Oh. It was, if you if you were not looking at the score and you were looking at the game, you knew that South Carolina was winning. But it didn't look, they didn't, Howard didn't look like the score on the court, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, they did not look like this discombobulated group of, you know, people going around. None, none of that. They actually looked pretty good. They couldn't hit like the, just the lid was closed on their basket. So they couldn't get mm-hmm. anything. So it didn't look like that. And then you would look up at the score. Like, I think the halftime was like what 44 to four or something. Like it was, that. A it, it was, was a lot. It was bad. You know, it's bad when, when at one point, when Howard was scoring the South Carolina folks like,
1: Good job, good, good job,
2: job y'all. Way to get that three in there. Yes, <laughs> you got this.
1: yo. It, it, it was, was it was that. It was rough. It was a rough watch. And even though I am a fan of South Carolina, I was also like, woo, this can't end early enough. I know. But shout out to Howard for making it in. Shout out to South Carolina for doing their job.
2: <laughs> right. But, but wait, though. Wait, HBCUs. Mm-hmm. Jackson State. Almost, yeah, walked out of LSU with a W on the first round. They did. They, they almost did. Gained they almost LSU did. some work that Woo-wee. night. So we, yeah, it was good. I need more TVs in my home so I can just for the NCAA tournament so that I can watch them. Although the app, the the March Madness app, not that we are plugging anything because we're not sponsored by NCAA. So you can so, on the app you can watch him. Except for I do not appreciate. I hope NCAA is listening. Um, the boss um, buttons got Tracy Morgan on there running his mouth. Listen, I don't hit the boss button to have somebody else run their mouth. I hit the boss button for the good pause in my Excel sheet. Okay, so fix my boss button. What, what, what you've never heard of the boss button? What, no. what okay, on? so if you've ever if you are ever watching um the games online on the mm-hmm. NCAA site. Is is the ESPN or NCAA? So if you look up in the corner there's a boss button, and if you hit it, it'll mute the game, and an Excel spreadsheet will come up while you're watching the game.
1: But what's the Excel sheet?
2: Because if you're watching it at work, oh, you hit the boss button. Because you know,
0: like uh, you know, the boss is coming. I
2: get it. My boss is coming. Hit the button. I get it. Because you know the first rounds it is 64 teams, right? It's 64 teams. The first rounds the game started like one. Yeah. And they run back to back to back to back all day.
0: Yo, do you guys remember when we were when we were in residency and there was one time I think cuz the games were going on we were trying to get transporters to move patients. Places and you couldn't find no transporter, and I think it's because None. they were sitting
2: there watching the games, no. and we were like,
0: "Why can't we get anybody to move these
1: patients?"
2: Because they are downstairs. You're like, hey, hey of- it's last two
1: minutes. It's last two minutes. It's last right. two minutes.
2: no I ain't returning that page. Nope. Just in here pushing people myself. Like I wouldn't watch the game too. I want to watch
1: the game too, right. but I can't
0: because I got to save these lives. So right. Can you get these patients oh, to their to their places? Or when
1: or when I'm walking in the hallway, I'm gonna go check on Mr. So and so in room whatever. And then I see the transporter there. But then he looking at the TV screen with the patient. I'm like, excuse me. can you put him in the bed. So y'all can both get we'll like, oh, no, nah, no. Nah. I got him. I'm right here. I'm right here. We're just going to watch this real quick. And I'm going to put him in the thing. I'm like, right. no. And the <laughs> patients
2: are right with him. Like, yeah, hold on a second. We got to watch this last two minutes. Like, yeah, you were supposed to like- be down there 20 minutes ago.
1: Right. I'm like Mr. Mr. Transporter. You in the room with this patient don't know what he have. Watching the goddamn TV with the patient, <laughs> looking like, oh, doc, 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 give us this last minute right here. This last minute right here. Let's let's just see what happened. I'm like, right please get this man down the surgery like get him on this damn stretcher let's go like, not like, i need me... you to
0: leave the room so i can finish watching the game
1: okay <laughs> you'll so right, so
3: finish
0: finish, so you
1: be calling I you be me. calling surgery surgery's like he's not down here yet we don't know where he is and i'm like, like where what? is he hanging in the room with the damn transporter man talk about some old oh, doc we're just gonna finish watching this quarter and then we going, then we're gonna go down to surgery what right. get this man down the Injury. Please. How you How you know he ain't dying? How right, you know? You, right, you don't yeah. know. Don't like, no, nah, nah, he looks straight. He looks straight. He want to watch the game too. That's not the point. That's not <laughs> right. the point.
2: That's not yeah. the point. Oh, I also got to send a shout out to uh my girls at Alabama. They're in the NIT tournament. I know we don't talk about the NIT tournament too much, but they are in the NIT, NIT tournament. They are in the Sweet 16 round of NIT. So shout out to University of Alabama. Roll Tide. Okay. Let's keep it going. You know?
0: Alabama. All right.
2: Listen, oh, we celebrate. We celebrate. We celebrate all all wins. Okay, so
0: I hear that. I hear that. We need it. We need but, a uh, yeah. sound effect for the win, like
1: <sighs> Oh, I thought I thought you were gonna say a roll tide sound. It seems like absolutely not. <laughs> I
2: know.
1: We ain't putting on the no roll tide. Sound. Listen,
2: the Florida in her would not allow it. But
1: my gosh,
2: I'm gonna make my own sound. It's, Just gonna randomly like whisper it in (laughs) a minute. Just run it randomly. What what was that? What
3: what was
1: that? Did somebody hear that? Did somebody hear that? What was that?
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway, um. Uh, let's do these trending topics because yes. we, uh, we are not we are not focused. See, Dr. Nono's not here, so we are unfocused. Okay, kind of still related to athletics. And we won't stay on this too long. Well, first of all, I want to say we are still waiting for Brittany Griner to get home. She is still Oh, my gosh,
1: yes. Hashtag free Brittany.
2: Come on. So, and, you know, like, it's some shadiness, right? So, you know, when you're reading, like, some of the expert opinions, they're not even sure if she even had – cartridges in there like the whole charge could be just you know made up we're not really sure if she had or if she didn't then they've made some like unorthodox move to you know not give her like you know the proper procedures and so they're extending her you know stay longer and so they're concerned that she might become like just a political pawn in the whole thing so y'all pray for Brittany grinder please let her get home I would be terrified over there. I don't know, you know, what's going on, but not only is she a WNBA player, but she's a student athlete, a former student athlete, and she's a woman, and she's a black woman, and she's an American. So I really am pulling for her to come home soon.
0: And she's also a lesbian. So, you know, they, they, and they have really,
2: and they they, have strict laws against
0: that. Yes. And they don't like, uh, because I was watching a news, I think it was,
2: well, they like it when when she winning for them. They, of course, they, don't they do. like it. Well, don't they always
0: right? like that? You know yeah. what I'm saying? They always like yeah. when you winning and you making money, right? But yeah. they want to have judgment on how you live your life, which doesn't right. really matter. But I think it was watching a a segment on CNNBC, and they were saying that you know she not only does she she's also proud of the fact that she is a lesbian, right? And she openly is she's openly gay, right? And she's right and you know it's against the laws over there and they don't like that so of course they're going to it's just going to add more fuel to the fire right and yeah. it's just unfortunate that it literally seems like she's going to be a pawn in all of this
2: yeah
0: right and it's just it's crazy i am and they were and they were saying that home. normally normally um countries they they you know talk it out and normally it is something that they can resolve pretty easily, right? And they normally, go home, you get your right? normally you
1: get your phone call. You call your embassy. Right. The embassy talks to like it's like a whole process that's right. not supposed to happen. But yeah. in Russia, by right. the way, that never happens. Not just for yeah. her, like any American detained in Russia, they they yeah, are like had these are our hard. rules.
2: Yeah, like, they've had a hard times.
1: I actually and I actually don't appreciate um, there's a lot of like comparing of Brittany Griner's situation to other Americans that are also locked up in Russia, and I also don't think that that is very fair um and a lot of people were talking about i mean we have like two or three other people currently in russia also yeah. locked up that are americans there's like this the marine that's there mm-hmm. cuz he was like oh, publicly yeah. intoxicated and wandering in the street that or something came, like 30 and, years or something 25 yeah. years yeah yep because like i guess the police tried to approach him and he like shoved them so it's like assaulting an officer drunk in public and he's a marine and he's mm-hmm. still in there and then they you know that but i kind of feel like you can't lump all of these people together. And then, of course, with the Russian government, like Amy Joe was saying, there's a lot of details here that are very, like, inconsistent. Okay. I'll put it that way. There's a lot of inconsistencies here. And no one really knows the real story. But what we do know is, if we can get her back, we'd like to get her back. And uh, quickly, please. <laughs> mm-hmm. Please and thank you. Free Britney! Um, free, free Britney! Britney!
2: <laughs> um, And then, you know, I I don't know if I want to talk about this one or not. Hmm. Leah Thomas Leah Thomas is the first transgender woman who just competed in one NCAA um swim event and it has sent the world upside down. Yes So um it's such a complicated story. Um so essentially um she has always been a Penn State student athlete but she started her um athletic career on the men's side. Mm-hmm. And then it sounds like in 2019 she started to make her former transition and started taking hormone therapy and then eventually transitioned to the women's side and started to compete. And now she has won this award. And well, she won the meet. And, and so as an NCAA national champion, you know, she's the first transgender woman ever, you know, win a competition, uh, win a championship, you know, to this level. And folks are all in their feelings about it. So, you know, there was a picture of the other two ladies on the podium that decided to like take their separate picture. It's like, okay, here's the true, you know, first, second, and third versus her. And so, you know, that, that was what triggered it. And so I was reading this article and I can't find it again, of course. And, you know, one of the things that it was talking about, um, that I thought was maybe the most important component was, is how transgender athletes, um, are actively now starting to complete compete, but we haven't figured out what the rules are going to be. So apparently USA swim rules are different from the NCAA swim rules. We also are different from like the world athletic association rules. And so um, the NCAA rules have kind of been the softest of them all. And so while she qualified from that standpoint, you know, was saying that if Um, the NCAA had picked up the USA swim rules, then she should not have been eligible because she had not had her testosterone levels suppressed for long enough, right? She would not have met the time, met the window to be eligible to compete. And so there's all this talk, like what counts, like which level counts? Is it your estrogen? Is it your testosterone? The length of time and everything. And so there's going to be all of these like discussions about, you know, how do you qualify, you know, transgender women at this point to compete um with female athletics. There's lots of people saying that this should not be a thing. It's going to disrupt the integrity of, of female athletics. Um, it is it's probably the most polarizing moment in women's athletics probably since Title IX started. And ironically enough, in the year of the 50th anniversary of Title IX, we are about to have mm-hmm. a lot of conversations about Um, transgender women athletes and their role in women's sports and, you know, how this goes. And um, I'm not really sure what, you know, I don't, this is, this is, this is a challenge. I know. Mm -hmm. I know. It's so challenging. Because when you try to like lay it out. I was was
1: actually not going to talk about this, but since you brought it up and we're talking about it, I, um... As you guys know, of course, I'm a member of the LGBT community and always a supporter of trans rights. And uh, giving a little background here. So when you're in the LGBT community, just to give you guys a little background, I'll keep it brief. A lot of times the T in the LGBT feels like the other letters are not very supportive of them Mm. and their rights. And they feel like whenever something comes up and it specifically applies to transgender rights transgender you know like opportunities that are missed that the l's the g's and the b's are like oh that's not us that's you guys like that's like so that's historical like that's just across the board so over the last five to ten years the l's the g's and the b's within the lgbt community have tried to be like Listen, we are all together. We are all under this rainbow together. We are here for, you know, trans women, black women, like just, you know, all of the intersections, all the marginalizations, we are all here for each other. And it's actually been something we've been actively trying to do over the last, I'll say, five years. It's been hardcore, right? So Amy Jo is correct. This is like huge. Mm -hmm. This is huge. And even though I am a supporter of the LGBT community, the T's in particular, this is something that is very difficult to figure out. Where do you draw the line and how do you go from here? And this is also something I talk to with my patients. And it's interesting because I talk to my patients about this. And then the same things I talk to my patients about is what people are talking about when in regards to these athletes. So, and again, I'll keep it brief because y'all know I'm long with it. So sometimes when you, so sometimes when you get a patient who is trying to transition Um, especially when you have a male transitioning to female, so a transgender woman, right, who wants to undergo like hormone therapies, things like that, sometimes along the way they'll talk about how they wish their body looked a certain way or they wish it didn't have certain features or they wish that they didn't have this or that and that they looked more feminine. And so those are discussions you have with your patient, right? And sometimes you have to talk to your patient. You have to be like, hey, you know, you're starting this transition in your 30s, right? Or you're starting this in your 20s. So your body has already been exposed to testosterone for X amount of time. And you've developed this muscle mass. You've developed this height. You've developed a lot of the things that come with going through puberty and being exposed to testosterone. And that's just how the body works, right? Mm -hmm. Your body was just going about its normal activities. You're exposed to testosterone. So you have this height. This wingspan, this muscle mass, you have all of this. So when it and, and you have to talk to your patients about that because sometimes they feel insecure about that. Because they're like, oh, I don't look as feminine as I want to. I have my my jawline's too chiseled. I have this facial hair and it's it's a thing that you have to discuss. So now that we're talking about athletes, right? So now you have these athletes that maybe went through puberty at age 12 or 13 and were exposed to testosterone for like five, six, 10 years. So they have this muscle mass. They have this height. They have this wingspan because they started their transition at age 22, 23, right? So then now, how are you putting all of these women, because they are all women, and you have to acknowledge them all as women because they are. How do, how do you draw the line and say, well, what amount of testosterone exposure through puberty is okay. Like, how do you, it's hard to draw that line because it's like, okay, because, because yes, after being exposed to estrogen for a while, you know, your muscles do change and certain things do change, but there's a certain amount of it after it's been exposed. It just is what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just is what it is. So I'm not saying this to say that I have a solution because I don't, but I do understand why it is causing such such conflict because I feel like people don't know where to draw the line or what to do about it and this is in America which is very liberal compared to other countries there's some countries in the Middle East and Russia and everything they're not trying to hear this they're not trying to hear the transgender right or more, they're, they're not even they don't even want to have the conversation so this isn't a very liberal nation like the US and we're still trying to figure it out. So when Amy Joe's talking about NCAA versus USA versus international, like this is this is gonna be big. Yeah. And this is also not taking into account people like Castro Semenya that we talked about a while ago, who were just born, you know, with 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 hormone imbalances. This right. isn't even counting them. This is like a transition after puberty. And sometimes people transition during puberty, right. which is And
2: and of course, she's come back up because, you know, there was a there she's recently come back up. Right. Because people are like, wait a second. So how was this? um, How was Leah's testosterone? It wasn't left unchecked, but there was no there was no the strictest rule that exists currently for testosterone levels was not was not applied to her prior to her competition this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then people say, "Well, why is that fair?" Because they they stripped the Jamaican runner um, of her medals because they said her testosterone levels were too high, and, and she's not a trans. She's not transgender. She simply was born with a higher level of testosterone than the average female. So you know, because people were on her, remember she had to get all this testing and prove it. It was horrible. I thought I thought mm-hmm. it was the most. It was the worst invasion of, of privacy ever. And they discovered that she was exactly who she said she was. But, yes, she had a hormone imbalance. And because they could find that natural imbalance without manipulation, they stripped her of her her medals. Yep. So people are saying, well, how does she get stripped of her medals? But but this woman over here was allowed to keep the levels high um, but, but gets to win. Yeah, that doesn't does where- seem very fair.
1: Where right. I think where I think this is gonna go, and I could be wrong. I think this is gonna go with some type of cutoff mm-hmm. before your transition age. Yeah, that, that's what I, that's, that's, that's what's why I think this happen. is. That's where I think this is gonna go because someone yeah. transitioning after puberty versus someone transitioning before or or during puberty is very different. Because transitioning at age twenty two, like the swimmer, that's a whole different ball game. So another aspect that's kind of tricky about this is that you know even if they do put a timeline regarding like okay well we want you to have transitioned with hormones before this age or that age, you have to think that if you want these women you know to to transition before or during puberty, one they're still minors right, and since they're minors you have to talk to their Mm -hmm. parents about this, and you're you're opening a box of conversation that parents probably need time to. Think about process, you know, and if do they want to assist their child in this, you know, gender affirming hormone therapy. And a lot of parents aren't really open to that. So it's depending on, you know, their own thoughts and beliefs and religion and all of that. And also since the child is a minor, that's another ethics thing. And then on top of that, you know, there's a lot of legislation being passed. Like Amy Jo just said, tons of legislation being passed where like, you know, there's not a lot of resources um, that will be. I guess, state and federally funded in certain areas um, mm-hmm. until the child is an adult or until they pass a certain age. So there's lots of really small, there's not small, there's lots of huge nuances to this that we don't really know the answers to. But Amy Joe was right. This happened this past week and that has been the talk of the town. Between that, the don't say gay bill in Florida and a couple other things, it's just been a lot of like onslaught for the LGBT community. So it's it's been- it's been
2: rough and it's and and you're right it has torn the lgbtq community Mm -hmm. um in, in many ways so you know even on our you know and we can go back to the the penn state team i think they were saying like a 16 out of 30 or 13 out of 30 people did not agree with that she that she should compete um but the majority said you know we support her transition just not in the pool
1: right Right.
2: like stay out but that's weird
0: though because how how so now we have to separate it's okay here but not okay there
2: well that's going to become an interesting thing so you know there's also people that say like listen um you need your own your own competition right you need your own category yeah so you know does a transgender category develop from this um that's going to be hard because the transgender community is working very hard to say, if I have identified myself as a woman, then I want the world to identify me as a woman. But in the world of athletics where, you know, body is very specific, if you're going to say, well, we're going to make another category, then it's automatically like acknowledging that Not you really are... a woman kind of a woman yeah. but yeah,
1: not really. it others you you're
2: different
0: you're like an others
2: yeah right right i also can appreciate that um i would i as a as a female athlete i the dooms the right you know everybody goes to the extreme right and so if you were asking me if the extreme were to ever come true and I'm not saying this will or not but this idea that i would look up and the world of women's athletics would be dominated by transgender women um who are now left to carry the torch, torch for female athletics, how would I feel? Well, I think I would feel a way. Like I would be sad if, you know, women um that have not transitioned to become women were suddenly finding themselves on the outskirts. Because again, we're 50 years into Title IX where women were just trying to get can you can you pay for our T-shirts so we can write our team name on so we can compete? And so the journey for women to become competitive athletes, to become financed by institutions has been very long and it has been a long road. And so it's really easy to look at it now and say, wow, look at these big contracts, look at this money Dawn Staley's getting wow! Look at these, you know. Look at these nil Mm -hmm. deals. Look at the one, the ones. Look at Serena. ESPN. Look at Serena. Look at all this stuff, you know. Look at all this big money. Y'all good? We just got here. We just got here. These big contracts did not exist, you know. um, If you ever got to ask, you know the the Pat Summons of the world. God rest her soul. um, You know what it was like when they first started coaching. Ask some of your coaches that are now retiring women's you know, basketball what it was like when they started coaching. They'll tell you that nobody was checking for them. They were putting everybody in a minivan and driving and doing all this kind of stuff. And so think about all those efforts that have happened to now say there is going to be a changing of the guard because from a, a hormonal structure, from a physical structure, you're just not going to be able to compete at your sport and so you, you now become the second class citizen. Does that, does then that other women, non-transitional women, like, and so somebody is going to feel othered in here one way or th- <laughs> one way. Or th- <laughs> and so it's really hard to find a way to uh, give everyone the respect they deserve. Cause I don't want to disrespect transgender women or men. I I want them to be acknowledged and and all those things but also i appreciate that women want to hang on to the integrity of their sport and say what about me does this mean that i'm gonna have to go because i don't i don't get exposure to testosterone for the first 20 years so does it mean that i'm no longer good whereas i would have been great you know five years ago i don't know this is gonna be very interesting to follow yeah
1: Well, for the topic today, um, uh, what's funny is that I feel like we've had like a penis episode. We've had a vagina episode. We had a penis two-part episode for y'all. So we've talked about a lot of sex and sexual health. I'll say sexual health. But this is going to be just kind of like an overall sexual health discussion between the three of us. And um, it's just going to be filled with nuggets for y'all. It's not going to be anything hardcore. Um, I think that something we were lacking in those other episodes is really just talking overall about sex itself and sexual health. And um I'm gonna cover a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Dr. Chris and Amy Joe I'm sure are gonna have a lot to say. Sex is actually one of Dr. Chris's favorite uh topics that she likes to talk about with her patients. So I know she got a whole ton to say. <laughs> Whenever you know, I, uh, uh, because you whenever know I I've seen her patients, all they want to do is talk about sex. Whenever I see a Dr. Chris patient, so I'm like, ah, I know that's not what know. today's about. But you
0: know. that's hilarious. You're saying you're saying all of that, and the only thing that's coming in my head is a song.
1: Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> Let's talk about you. and me. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> all, the things, about- all the good but things. But I'm but I'm just saying, even though I am leaving this topic for today. I just want it to be known that Dr. Chris and Amy Jo also lead their own conversations with their own patients every day.
2: (laughs) It is important.
1: It is important. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm happy you said it's important because sexual health is good for you emotionally, physically. Um, I will let you guys know this. Whenever someone has, and you know, this is, listen, we're just going to talk in general. So whenever patients have said that they have a, what they view to be a good sex life or good sexual health, They tend to be in better general health. They have less stress, better sleep, higher self-esteem. They tend to be more fit and they tend to live longer. So there's a lot of perks and things that can come from having a, you know, a healthy sex life and a healthy sex life can be drastically different things to, you know, to everybody. There's no like one size fits all to, to sexual health at all. And I also want to lead and kind of like let you guys know that, During sex and experiencing an orgasm, it also has the ability to kind of release what we call endorphins It's the same thing that gets released whenever you exercise And it kind of creates like this natural high that you feel in your body So you can get that from orgasms, you can get that from exercise, you can get that from a couple other things But cross the board, just know that that is an aspect We're not going to be digging too deep into orgasms, that's not what today's about But I'm just letting you know that if for some reason you were to achieve one, that that high that you feel within your body is your body's natural high. I will start off by saying this. Um, uh, And I have a cute little list here. It does not encompass everything. So when we're talking about sex, sexual arousal, pleasure, things like that, it can be from any of the following, and this is not a comprehensive list, so trust me. So this can come from either masturbating alone, masturbating with a partner. It can come from oral, vaginal, or anal sex. It can come from kissing. We're talking about pleasure, arousal, all across the board. It can come from kissing, rubbing bodies together, sex toys, phone sex, or called sexting for the general Zers. You know, you guys are sexting all the time. (laughs) Or it can also come from watching porn, reading porn, so on and so forth. So when we're talking about this open discussion of sexual health, arousal, pleasure, it can encompass any of these things. And because this category is so wide – I think that it's important to realize that similar to what I just said to Dr. Chris, you know, this isn't a one size fits all kind of thing. And everybody doesn't like everything and everybody's going to have their preferences of what they do like and what they don't like. So the first thing that I want to hit on here when it comes to having like good sexual health, especially if you're with a partner, one thing I really want to hit on here is communication. And I want to hit on communication and why it's so important because listen, y'all, it's 2022. A lot of y'all are hopping on planes for the first time in a couple years. Y'all getting flued out the way you used to get flued out before. Flued out.
2: Flued out. out.
1: A lot of y'all have <laughs> new partners. A lot of you guys have reconnected with old partners. A lot of you know people are starting to to move and shake and bake again. <laughs> okay. And especially if you start shaking and baking again, and let's say you've kind of been out the game for a couple years, or let's say you just hop into the game for the first time, I think it's important to emphasize communication. So let's just say, for example, for example, I'm just throwing it out there, right? Let's say you're like, listen, I've been a hermit for two years. Somehow you dodged COVID. You out here like, listen, people are just now starting to creep out. I'm a creep out, right? You're doing your thing. Communication is very important for you, especially if you are looking to be involved with new partners, because it's important in that communication for you to be on the same page as your partner, right? Let's say you meet a partner, you guys hit it off on the first couple of dates. Communication is very important because communication is your way of setting boundaries when it comes to sex and your sexual health. Or communication can also be your, your avenue of expressing, hey, like, this is what I do like. This is what I don't like. Are you into this? Are we into this? Did this go well? Would you say stop? Do they acknowledge the fact that you said stop? Did they keep going? So I think the communication especially with a new partner is very very important. And sometimes, you know, especially when we start talking about like preventing sexual violence and things that can, you know, especially going down that rabbit hole, you know, I think it's important. And I'm not here to tell y'all like I'm not I'm not Steve Harvey. I'm not over here talking about some, if you have sex with somebody within blah blah, blah, days, blah, listen, that's not what I'm here for. (laughs) I'm just here to let you know that one of the key components to really good sexual health, especially if you are being active with a partner, is to make sure you guys are on the same page. And to be honest, this isn't just a new partner thing. Maybe you've been involved with a partner for a long period of time and things that maybe used to arouse you or used to give you joy, maybe don't give you joy anymore. Maybe you want to explore. Maybe you want to try something new. Maybe that thing that you used to like, you're like, you know what? That kind of makes you feel uncomfortable now. You want to take a step back. You as the person who is in charge of, you know, your body and your wants and your needs, I think it's important to be able to communicate that. Or even if you can't communicate it, have a partner that at least understands like, hey, I know you're having difficulty like telling me what you do like or what you don't like. So, you know, hey, we're in this together. I'll wait for you to, you know, get to a point where you can communicate with me and let me know when you want to proceed
2: that that's Mm -hmm. so true and I think it's important to know this because as we um we are what do you what do you call coupling Mm -hmm. later which means that the chances that your lifestyle or your chronic diseases or lack thereof won't intersect with your sexual health and your sexual life they they all kind of come to a crossroads. And, and what you find is that you've got a lot of single uh, late 30s, 40s, 50-year-olds that are trying to engage in casual sex or date casually. And so you don't have that history of we've been having sex since we were teenagers or in our 20s, and and now here it is. And so you, you hear lots of stories about, man, why does this happen? Like, maybe they don't like me or maybe she doesn't like me. Maybe he doesn't like me because, you know, they didn't look satisfied or I didn't look satisfied, but no one is saying anything because you're assuming that um, we're two adults. We've come together. We've agreed to engage in intercourse. And if it didn't work out, it must've just been inherently not meant to be. But um, sex, even with the same partner and sex with a new partner changes over the years. And so, you know, we cannot continue to, you know, believe in this idea that bomb sex a bomb partner that's going to give you bomb sex has got to be bombed in the beginning, right? If it ain't hitting on the first attempt, then it's never going to happen. But I think you can't get there without communication. Um, you You got to be talking. And I, I've seen it in new partners. I've seen it in old partners where you just, you know, not even in the clinic, just in general, talking to people and you start to ask them like, well, do you, did you tell them Did you tell them this is going on? And and you find out that after they've been communicating, everybody misunderstood mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. So the communication is probably just as important as, you know, that, you know, that grapefruit thing that, you know, what's the name them tried on uh, <laughs> the girl's yes, trip. and... Cause everybody's into the the parlor tricks, right? Girl, I think I should try this. This is going to be good. But while y'all out here trying to develop all these special skill sets, like make sure you cool with talking about your sex.
0: That's a, that's a big thing because I think a lot of times people just are uncomfortable about talking about sex. Like, like I've seen so many patients, like they're like, well, you know, it's hard, especially with their sex drive. They're like, it's hard because, you know, I, I, I'm not into it. I'm like, why are you not into it? What's going on? Did you tell your partner? Well, I don't know. And it's like, "Mm." but then also too, I feel like when you're with somebody after some time, you get to know them and you can kind of pick up on cues, even if they don't verbally tell you that they don't like something, but based on their response, you could kind of know if it's good or not good, but then you have to be able to be comfortable to like say, hey, are you? What's the? What's the? Deal? You like this? You don't like this? Like maybe? Maybe put a safer like Kevin Hart did pineapples. I don't know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you gotta talk about it. You know what I mean? Maybe you don't like, but Dr. Chris pies, kinky kind of stuff, right? Maybe that's not what you like, or maybe you do, or maybe you'll be interested in it. Maybe.
2: And maybe we got to normalize being able to right. ask for what you want, even in casual sex, because something else that comes up, I feel like people don't want to talk about, you know, what gets them off. Right. How do I get you off? How do we get each other off? Because they're like, well, I don't, I, we haven't defined this yet. And since we haven't defined it yet, then I don't feel comfortable talking about it. Listen, no, have a good y'all time. y'all are naked in a bed together and exchanging bodily fluids, even if there is a condom involved. Oh, we comfortable. We're comfortable enough. Like you can... <laughs> You can if you can see all of all of you, all of this, all happy. of this, then yeah, we're talking. Like, we need mm-hmm. to have a conversation. What do I like, what I don't like, and not that you gotta be in it like do it like this, uh-uh, right. I like that. But unless it's a straight up one night stand, whatever. We're not talking about y'all, like, if you're done, <laughs> whatever you get what you get, you know. What I'm saying? Like, you just move on, you just move you on, you know what. Oh. But if you're like, <laughs> we might do that again. I think it's fine to say, well, you know, well, how'd you, you know, did you enjoy it? What did you like about it? You know, but,
0: but this is another thing too. You also have to know what you do like, right?
2: True. Mm. So
0: it only works if you know what you like. Because if you don't know what you like, you're you're sitting there like I don't know. Like you try something and figure it out, right? But how do you get to know what you like?
1: Dr. Chris, you bring up a great point. I'm a hit on that. But before I hit on that, I have a question for y'all. Do you think it's asking a lot for, let me phrase it this way. Some people have difficulty communicating period, like at baseline, just in their day to day. Some people are just not great communicators. So do you think, so do you think, so do you think it's asking a lot to ask someone who is not a good communicator period to communicate more about sex do you feel like that's asking a lot
0: no if you want a good experience then how you gonna get that
2: Mm -hmm. well well yes i think it's asking a lot but do you want it or no Right. Mm-hmm. I mean. You ain't getting a little. I'm asking. Right. Yes. I'm asking a lot of you so you can get this D. So you can ask a lot doing. of you so you can get this D. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. We're talking about sex. We're talking about sex between two people. I'm assuming we're talking about sex between Consensual two people sex. who genuinely like each other. Want to be. I don't know if they're in a relationship it. or not. But they, they want to continue to do this thing. They're enjoying it together. And when they come together, for whatever reason, it's really working. It might not be optimized. It may not be the best. But I'm feeling something about this. So, yeah, I'm asking you to do something that you're in with because the results of it is just as amazing. Right. So, yeah, I I do. I do. I think we're asking people who do not communicate well to all of a sudden develop a skill set. But the reward of that is equally as rewarding because, you know, we're talking about your
1: chemistry with somebody being 10 out of 10 now mind you no shade to the guys because i I love the guys i really do i love everybody you guys know this but men in particular tend to be not tend to not be very good communicators in particular Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. That, that they just they just does that put more of the pressure on the woman to pull this out of the man or to, to you know what i mean do you know what i'm saying yes, i feel like they're... i
2: think so yes i you want to you want to why i think so because for like for a sex if if the act of sex happens, and, and I know men are gonna be screaming about this, but we're we're not talking about like your extremes, right? Like the 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 the, the wop was not whopping or anything like that. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about okay, we are having intercourse and we're genuinely enjoying it. What I what I often hear from, you know, guys is that I assume she liked it because I liked it. I had an orgasm. But as we all know, we've talked about this in in many of the shows that men having an orgasm is not the same as women having an orgasm and women enjoying sex does not mean that you've given her the kind of sex that she needs to orgasm. Yeah. If she has sex and she orgasms, she's like, Oh my God. Like that was the best sex ever, but it doesn't mean that she's automatically going to, to orgasm. And so I think sometimes men default to "Was she moaning, Did she look into it. And did I come? If all those answers are yes, then they think, man, it must have been great for us. And <laughs> actually, she had a good time. You know, this isn't like, oh, she had a horrible time. She had a good time. And, and women do this all the time. It was good. They enjoyed the experience. They liked the connection. They felt the chemistry. They enjoyed all this kind of stuff. They cannot wait for you to leave so they can break out that rose and get it on. <laughs> Because they haven't orgasmed, right? And it, the orgasm would be a great finish to the night for them. So I think that's difficult because men walk away of looking. Their assessment is: it was good for me, it was good for you. We both got this glow, and everything is good. Now I realize this woman is brushing them out the door so they can actually go ahead and finish what everybody started.
0: Well, I think that's mainly because the woman is not saying. Maybe you need to move to the left, or move to the right, or do this.
2: Or do that, you or, know? or most women don't don't have vaginal orgasms. Right. Or they need they're to all get contural. off.
0: Of, right. And they need something else. And they're not doing that. And did they vocalize that? Did they say no. that? And and that's the thing, right? And and the men are just kind of going to go by off of what you give them. If you moan and you look like you enjoy and they think, okay, I guess that's it. Right? Because at the end of the day, most the way I see it most times, they're going to probably bust a nut anyway.
1: I I feel like most times they do. But but you know what? You know what? And I won't even just say this is just men. I'll say partners in general, right? Like, if you're really into someone and you guys have this ongoing sexual relationship, there usually is a time where the partner will... And not all partners initiate the conversation, but a conversation normally does occur, especially if you have a partner that really cares about your satisfaction. You know what I mean? Because... Because even if the partners are enjoying themselves, usually a the conversation will come along. Now, listen, everybody's different. This conversation might happen after <laughs> intercourse number two, or it might take right. them a year. I don't know. Everybody's timeline's different, but there might come a time where this partner that really cares about you says, Hey, you know, things are going great. Just curious in terms of intimacy, you know, is there anything that we could do to like, take this to the next level? Like, where are you at? Like, how am I satisfying you? Like, what, what, what do you need? Like, and, and, I do also acknowledge that some people are in relationships where that conversation does not happen.
2: (laughs) I wish they asked it, like, I I wish that was the question though, because I, you know, I think, and this is for the fellas, I think what throws, what throws women off and is why women lie about it is that you, your question was, was, was so good. What can we do to take it to the next level? What a lot of men ask women is, did you orgasm? Did it make you Yeah. That's a hard, that's a hard question. And that's a hard one because women are like, "Uh, what do I do? (laughs) I don't I know say, what to say if Ooh, i say no does he then, think then that he, i've been some, lying this whole time yeah, 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 or it does. if i say yes then he thinks he did something i really haven't been orgasm and so th- <laughs> the answer is such an absolute like you like it or no, is essentially what you're asking women. And and the answer is a little bit more complicated than that. Versus if you came in and said, what can I do to take our, you know, to take our sex to the next level? I think you would actually get a more honest answer from women to say, well, you know, I've been thinking, I don't know, maybe can we introduce... Um, Uh, vibrators and toys into our intercourse because Mm. if most women need clitoral stimulation Mm -hmm. what you're getting which is good for you is you know the penetration so that friction is great for you know men building up but if women are clitoral stimulators then you're not necessarily getting direct stimulation but if you threw a toy in there you know Mm -hmm. there would be something um very true so you know um it it, yeah if they only ask it like that i think what happens is is how the question gets
1: that's me asking the question as a woman. So I, I understand that. I <laughs> but,
3: but then that but then is. there's
1: also Hey there's fellas, also, listen, take
2: take take Dr. Sunshine's question and roll with it. <laughs> but ask, there's ask also girl, men
0: like, there's also men that really enjoy like their whole thing is all about they want to make sure that their partner enjoys it. Like they just yeah. really like that and they take time to try to do that. And I think those men probably take more time to talk to them talk to their partner kind of find out what they like and start yes. because because the thing is what some people don't really understand is foreplay doesn't necessarily start when you're about to have sex and kissing sometimes it can start days before like right. if you just talk to the girl a certain way or say something you know you are already get in the anticipation already starting it up oh that build up that That buildup, yeah, the build up yeah you know (laughs) and i think i think sometimes they're so used they're so trying to get to the finish line that they kind of miss all of that stuff before yeah which can really make an impact on how great the sex is
2: that is true yeah that's a good perspective make it very focused on like all right penis erect put in vagina friction done Explosion. Right. And so they <laughs> <laughs> never. So explosion. Their
3: whole,
2: <laughs> <their> whole <laughs> convers. And so when sometimes, you know, um, what men think of as the buildup is not the same. Like women tend to, and, and this isn't this, you know, women tend to want more visual stuff like that, you know, whereas even when some men are like, you know, talking about like, you know, I'm gonna build this thing up, it still becomes very like, um, it's penis oriented, right? It's all about <laughs> girl, what you, you know, what you gonna do when you see this penis. And it's like, but that's not the kind of foreplay I think that women are talking about. And so, because that still feels, it, it all still focused on the stimulation of the actual sex organ what's going to happen there and and how you going to make this thing, make this magic happen versus foreplay can be just other things. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. um, how I like touching, kissing, what I like to see you in. Oh, this last time you were wearing this. Ooh, when I saw that, you know, this, what, what, you know, what that made me think of. And so I think the buildup of like those things, I think are missed amongst couples and we talk about it from the men's side, but actually men like this conversation too. So from uh, in the reverse, to be fair, you know, sometimes men want women to be talking to them too. Like, you know, they Mm want to know, you know, some of these same things. And so that they're not always so focused on just penis, vagina, let's get it. But, um, It's probably the hardest thing, what you're talking about, the communication and stimulating the sex organ of the brain to get it ready for the whole thing because we leave it out often. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And I think you brought a good point too, because like, oh, we were just focused on what the men, but sometimes men want women to be the aggressor, right? Because a lot of times, you know, men are tend to be the aggressors, right? The ones that chasing after it. And sometimes Mm -hmm. they want you to come and say, I want this. And they think that's sexy. Right. And that starts it off for them. Right. Sometimes they want you they want to feel like how you want to feel like you're sexy and Mm -hmm. you're beautiful. They want to feel the same thing, too. And I think sometimes women forget that.
1: Mm -hmm. And the men won't and a lot of men won't say it either. Right. mm -hmm. Because it's a pride thing. Yeah, But they might say something about it afterwards, like, dang, so listen, that was, that, right. was, that, that was,
0: was, that was, that was, that was different. I, I, I like that. I, I like
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they won't say it in the beginning, because they don't want to initiate it afterwards. They'd be like, oh man, that shit, that shit was bad. <laughs> that was something. True. Like, okay, right. True. But something you said, Chris, I think was very important is that, like, especially when you were talking about, um, like, I guess, having... Well, basically the way you phrased it is, okay, it's hard to communicate what you want if you don't know what you want. That's That was the way that you phrased it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's also very important because especially when you have people of any age, you know, say you haven't been active in a while or you haven't dated in a while or a lot of people are, especially during the pandemic, it broke off all these relationships and they they popping <laughs> back in the, in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Like, where are the fish? Let's go. <laughs> and I think that, you know, a lot of people are starting over and a lot of people are doing this for the first time. So I think it is Mm -hmm. important for people to also learn their bodies, right? And when you learn your body, you know, a lot of times that happens from things that you get stimulated by, whether that's, you know, you watching, you know, pornography, you reading certain articles, or you, you know, masturbating or using certain toys or buying a new type of toy that has more than one prong. Maybe it's a lot of different things going everywhere. Like you don't, you know, it's good for you to figure out what, what makes you tick, that way, when you encounter a partner, you know it's easy. It's easier, I'll say, for you to communicate what what gets you there, because sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard when someone asks you, "Okay, how do I take this to the next step?" And you're just like, "Yo, I haven't even like conquered step one. Like, I'm really just trying <laughs> right. To figure this out. I'm really just trying to figure this out. And even on step one, I don't feel like I mastered it. I don't feel like we've mastered it. So let's talk about that. <laughs> talk about next love. You're like, okay, so listen. Dot dot dot." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially, and I feel like this yeah. can be especially hard for people who have anxiety about, like, sexual intercourse, even people who have sexual trauma from things that have happened to them in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that it's, it's, it's difficult for people for a lot of different reasons. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think there's levels to it, for sure.
2: Yeah, when you bring in a trauma, that brings up a whole nother, you know, element, especially a communication. Like it's so, you know, difficult. Um, we talk to men and women, so you know, I've mm-hmm. got, you know, I've got I've got male patients that also have suffered from traumas, um, and the level of communication that I think those people are going to require is 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 extensive. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean it has to be a drag, right? Like, oh, here we go communicating again. But I think they got to have a partner that's really checked in. and and, And I don't necessarily believe that that partner has to be the committed partner. I think that you can have a good sexual partner that is committed to hearing you. And you can still enjoy sexual intercourse, right? Because I think one of the other things that happens is that people believe, like, if this person has not said, I declared on this day, I am going to marry you in two years, then it's just got no opportunity to have, you know, great, great sex. I I think what you need is somebody that's committed to understanding your needs, you understanding their needs, and both of you all keeping yourself safe and being open in any way you have to, right? Um, If you can get that done, then I think that's helpful. Um, for everybody but sexual traumas are that's a that's a whole nother podcast Sorry. Right? that's mm-hmm. just no
1: i'm with you yeah. I, I just threw it in there because that that comes up when you think about like hesitations and you know barriers and things to mm-hmm. people you know being able to really flourish in terms of their sexual yeah. health um but i agree with emmy joe that could be like a whole separate other podcast yeah <laughs> for yeah. sure. Yeah. But yeah. I, but I do think that Chris did bring up something interesting when she was like, you know, especially if you don't really know yourself because there's also a lot of late bloomers out there who are still trying to discover what makes them tick and what they really like. And uh, sometimes late bloomers come in contact with people who've been around the block a few times, like Tupac, like I get around. So like yeah. it's it's you know, so sometimes when those two entities meet, possibly on Tinder or Hinge or Bumble or wherever, you know. Then sometimes they have that communication, like they have that miscommunication because it's like, oh, nah, I've been here. I've done this. Like, let's go. Like, boom, boom, boom. And if someone else, someone else might be like, all right, well, slow down. I told you I was about that life, but like, not really. Like, uh, you know, it's, you know. Yeah. Just things to consider when it comes, you know, when you're thinking about like what will help it, what will help you flourish in your sexual health? I do want to talk a little bit about sex drive. So, and I'm not going to touch on it for long. I'm just going to say that overall, everybody has a different sex drive. Um, Sex drive is, there's no normal sex drive. Like, oh, if your sex drive is normal, you're having sex two times a day. Like, it doesn't work like that. So there are lots of people out there whose sex drives are low. There's people out there whose sex drives are high. There's a whole category of like sexual disorders of people who you know, either have difficulty having sex because of pain, they don't have a sex drive at all. So that's a whole nother like topic that we could probably do a whole nother podcast about. Let us know if y'all want that. But across the board, sex drive, you know, for everyone it's not the same. And sex drive can also fluctuate. Okay. So I'm gonna list a couple things on here for you guys. Like if you have a partner who had a strong sex drive and all of a sudden it kind of like took a plummet or a change. There's lots of things that can trigger that. The number one thing that can trigger this is stress. And I want to say this loud and clear for people in the back. So, if someone is stressed AF, they either one will not have time for sex, two do not feel like having sex, or three they 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 don't have the they they don't have the they don't have the necessary either time or energy to really put as much creativity into their sexual health the way that they would like.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: If they started new medications, that can also affect their sex drive. Um, I've had some patients that, depending on the type of birth control pill I have them on, that can affect their sex drive. Um, A lot of times it makes it lower depending on, you know, which brand, which type. That's not all women, just some women, just saying. So stress, medications, uh, fear and anxiety, which is something we talked about as well. Alcohol, tobacco use, substance use. All of that, y'all men and alcohol, you already know where we're going with this. I might circle back to that one. Um, <laughs> uh, hormone levels, as in women can have a change in their sexual drive too, depending on if they are pregnant or are breastfeeding or going through menopause or any change in your hormone levels period can cause a change in your sex drive. Um, and then as well as, you know, the sexual trauma stuff that we already mentioned, but um, so alcohol and tobacco and substance and drug use. This is this is one that we hit on a little bit when we did our penis episode. I think we talked a little bit about men in particular with excess alcohol. We also talked about erectile dysfunction at episode two. So a lot of this kind of blends and blurs into that as well. Um, but the take home message of this section is just letting you know that there are a multitude of reasons why someone's sex drive may, may go down and why she's not in the mood or why he can't get it up. Or why both are happening at the same time, it's it's mm-hmm. triggered by a lot of different things,
2: and I have seen that most of the time it's happening to everybody in the house, and but the but the, res, the reflection often is, well it's just not working because they aren't into me right. It always the the blame gets put across the table. Mm-hmm. and you're like listen you're like wait a minute y'all both sound really stressed out right both guys a lot going on right somebody's parent is sick or the kid is 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 acting up i got a new supervisor at work i took on an extra shift because you know covid cut my salary and now i got to do all this kind of stuff and then mm-hmm. um you know and then you are all of a sudden it's never intentional that you're talking to You know, families, because, you know, we are family medicine doctors, but, you know, and so we talk a lot about sex we end up doing a lot of sex counseling, but it's it's always on accident, right? It's because a spouse came with the person and you happen to ask just the right question and somebody answered the question and you get up into this whole conversation and you're like, wait a minute, what what did I get into? I think I'm going to have a sex therapy session. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's interesting to see, you know, people don't see exactly how those things kind of creep up on them because they're slow. Mm-hmm. So it's rare that people wake up one morning and don't have a sex drive. I think what you find is that it creeps in, right? You notice that you want it less. Or you notice that even though you don't want it, you still are interested enough in your partner that you'll go ahead and do it. And then you just look up, you don't want it, and you ain't doing it.
3: hmm
2: Yeah, so.
0: that is so true. Or you like you try to do things to get you yourself in the mood so mm-hmm. you can satisfy your partner, but you really mm-hmm. don't want it. So Mm -hmm. you're just like doing it because you just feel like, you know, it's your duty and that's that's what you should do. And then it kind of takes it. Oh, and and if the partner kind of senses that, then that also makes them feel weird and maybe not want to keep doing it. Right. And then you have all these problems. And at the end of the day, it all goes back to we're not communicating with each other. We're not talking about it. We're not trying to find out what's the problem. How can mm-hmm. we fix it? How can we move towards that? You know, maybe we need to, maybe we shouldn't do penetrative sex. Maybe, maybe it's just um, I don't know, oral sex that will work. Because sometimes you'll have a partner that for whatever medical reasons, maybe, maybe he had a prostate issue and he can't really
3: mm-hmm.
0: get it up, right? And mm-hmm. so because he can't get it up, then you're like, ugh, well. He's not he's not really getting it up like that that much anyway. So so what about that, right? And then he feels a way that mm-hmm. he can satisfy you. And you know, maybe it's just coming to an agreement, talking about it and just saying, like, well, we can satisfy each other different ways. Yep. Like being open minded about it.
1: Mm-hmm. I completely, I completely agree.
0: Yeah, these are the conversations I have with my patients. <laughs> <laughs>
3: mm-hmm
1: because and you know what some partners are also automatically blame themselves too especially women women tend to do that a lot if they notice that the sex drive of a man has like dropped off or something they'll blame themselves or think that they're not as attractive or assume that the guy is cheating or like women you know women can go down a weird whirlwind spiral here When what it really might be is the fact that i don't know maybe the guy has diabetes and maybe he's ashamed to talk about it and maybe he can't get erections the way he used to so he's hiding it and he's not communicating either. Meanwhile this woman over here thinking like I'm not attractive no more. Oh my God. I'm just it's it's you know but that lack of communication can spiral, right? Like so it's Mm you know, I think it's, I think it's it's extremely important to, (laughs) I feel like communication is going to be the theme in this. Um, The only other thing that I was just going to plug is just general safety things because we're doctors. And I'm just here to just let you know about like, oh, wait, before I've plugged the safety things, there's one thing I really want to talk about. It's quick though, y'all. Just a tip. Like for people that are into like vaginal play and anal play, I need you guys to like understand that there's an order in which you should do this. So if you guys are going to be playing around on the vagina, play around in the vagina, do you, but you should play around in the vagina and then you should play around in the anus. And then that should be it. When we go from playing around in the anus back to playing around in the vagina, then we're causing problems because right. that's how, that's how women get lots of infections. They come in with all this, you know, discharge and vaginitis and things like that. And that goes for fingers. That goes for tongues. That goes for a lot of things. When you start going from, from, you know, play in one area to play to the other area, you have to go vaginal to anal, not anal to vaginal. Also that also goes for your sex toys. So listen, I'm here for it. You know, Hey guys, get your sex toys. Sex toys are great. You know, no shame, (laughs) no shame in a sex toy game at all at all. But number one, you have to make sure that every time you use your sex toy, it's clean. And then number two, if you're putting your sex toy in the anus, or if you participate in anal anal sex, and then if you also happen to have a vagina, again, don't play with the sex toy in the anus and then put it in the vagina. You're just setting yourself up for vaginal discharge and for (laughs) a lot of visits, a lot of visits, a lot of visits and just, just don't do it. And then in the visit, it takes you guys a while to finally get there. And once I start asking enough questions and I'm like, okay, so what exactly happened in this interaction? And you know, sometimes people come in, they think it's, Oh my gosh, is it chlamydia? Is it gonorrhea? Is it this, is it that? I'm like, nah, you guys just gotta, just gotta keep it clean. You well, you coming. know,
0: Dr. you know, Doctor Sunshine, if Dr. Nono was here, she definitely would have put that in there for y'all. Cause you know, she's all about making sure your sex toys are clean. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you don't play that She don't play yes. that
2: and, and and clean them and let them dry like mm-hmm. can I just emphasize that like after you wash them, you have to let them dry because mm-hmm. if you if you put them up moist, they can still collect some bacteria you know or other irritants and an irritated vagina is an angry vagina and no one likes an angry vagina so Mm-mm.
1: no we definitely don't not at all. No. And then the only other things that I was going to plug is just um, typical stuff. So if you're active with lots of people, get your STD checks regularly. If you're not trying to get pregnant, you may have a whole pregnancy prevention episode. You can go listen to that. If you're not trying to get pregnant, act accordingly. And also, if you are not trying to catch any like anything you can't give back, like HIV, so on and so forth, use a condom. You know, typical stuff. Things I have to say because I'm a doctor. You know, Or and prep. I'll you. Do- And I want you to be Mm -hmm. safe and prep. I should have added prep in there too, and prep. And um, yeah, that's the end of my light little discussion. If you guys have more questions, want more sex talks and things, let us know.
2: Let's do it, let's do it.
0: Ready for the the questions? Mm -hmm. Ready for the questions? Ready for the questions? It's the question. It's the questions. It's the
2: questions. It's the
0: questions. Yeah, it's the question. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. All right, guys. First question. Hello, ladies. Hello. How hey. do you know if you have sickle cell or sickle cell trait? Many people keep mentioning it in my family, but I don't know what the difference is. Hmm. So
2: you get tested. Is how you actually know. Right. Um, that's the first step. So it's it's a simple test. That will Mm -hmm. answer a lot of your questions. Mm -hmm. Um, Sickle cell and sickle cell trait is um, the difference between carrying enough of that gene in your body to only have some of the symptoms versus carrying enough of the gene in your body to really make your cells sickle. So a lot of sickle cell trait carriers um, technically have the ability to make their blood cell sickle, if you stress them enough, but most people will go their whole lives and they will not have any symptoms, but they have the trait that they can pass along that if that have put together with another person that has sickle cell trait can produce kids that can have full blown sickle cell. So the difference is just how many of those copies of the genes that you cover, how to know if you got it, you, you just get tested. Um, I would recommend that if you do not have children yet to get tested before you, maybe meet your partner, maybe decide whom you're going to have kids with. So you'll know what you're up against, but a blood cell, a blood test will do it. You can go to your primary care doctor and they will gladly run it for you. It's a really easy test. You will have no problems getting information.
1: Yep. I couldn't have said it better. Cosign, what Amy Jo just said.
0: (laughs) I mean, she basically said it and yeah. And with the sickle cell trait, you can have some anemia, but not necessarily, like she said, as bad as someone who actually has sickle cell. So mm-hmm. you might, in a random blood test, have some anemia, and the doctor's like, "Hmm, what's what's this? What's going on here?" Thank
2: you for these and then, thalassemias and this. Yeah, sickle cell. what's going on
0: <laughs> over here? And then you know they might do further testing and feel, oh, this is why you know. Mm-hmm. Now another one, uh, and okay. another one, and, and another. another one. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Okay, can you please speak briefly about how to prevent acne flare-ups in teenagers? My son has really bad acne with frequent flares, and I think it's impacting his self-esteem.
3: Oh,
2: I'm so sorry. Teenage years, man. It's rough.
0: It is, because, oh, that awkward phase, and you got the acne, and you're like, oh my gosh, why is this on my face? You know, I never had acne as a teenager. Really? I, no, didn't really I didn't really either. I had some. I had mm-hmm. some, but it wasn't as bad. as Some people have bad acne. And even as adults, some people can have some pretty bad didn't acne. Can
2: have it. Yeah.
1: yeah. So in terms, of, in terms of teenagers during puberty, there are certain things that can be done to kind of prevent them from having as many flares. So certain things that we normally tell them is like, all right, so number one, you have to make sure that you're exercising, you're staying active. Number two, you should probably cut out greasy foods if you can. Um, and, uh, she said it's a son or a mm-hmm.
3: daughter. A son. Okay.
1: Yeah. So then basically a lot of the things are lifestyle changes. These are, these are really just lifestyle changes. And then if you try the lifestyle changes and they don't work out very well, or while you're doing lifestyle changes, you can get him in to see the PCP. Then they can take more of kind of like a thorough, you know, exam, a thorough look. There's certain creams that we can prescribe. He might need to also see dermatology if it's really severe acne. I don't know how severe mm-hmm. these flare-ups are. Um, and then you can kind of take it from there. Women tend to be a little bit different because women tend to get acne flare-ups, which are kind of correlated with their cycles. Um, so that's a little different, but um, I say probably start there. Lifestyle yeah. changes and a PCP appointment. That's where I would start. Yeah.
0: Cause some people like if they eat certain things like chocolate or eat like certain food triggers make it worse.
1: Mm-hmm. Food triggers make it worse. Stress makes it worse. Lack of exercise mm-hmm. makes it worse. There's lots. Of, there's lots of things that can make it worse.
2: Um, can I can I add one thing? If we could do all those things on top of simplifying the skincare routine, because what I find is that by the time they're in your office and they're talking to you about the acne, they have layered so many things. Right? They're using benzoyl peroxide. They're using retinal A. They're using This, you know, acne kit, oh, that acne kit, this scrub, that scrub. I would tell you that to take a hard reset, right? Like see, you know, what they're eating. If it's lots of sugar, lots of processed food, and a lot of teenagers do eat a lot of that, especially because they're not at home a lot, that's your first step. But pair that with just gentle cleaning, right? Nothing rough throughout the scrubs and all this kind of stuff because it just kind of irritates the skin. So washing the face in a mild soap and warm water, patting it down and just applying a simple moisturizer while you're working on the lifestyle changes might be the hard reset that you need. If you think you need medicine, it's worth the dermatology appointment. Just kind of say, let me go see what the dermatologist actually recommends before mm-hmm. I start doing all this kind of stuff, because you all are overly, um, apply apply chemicals to to adults and teenager skins thinking it's going to help because just it's a you get bombarded with all the data so Mm -hmm. simple skincare keep it simple Mm -hmm. and we can do more later please guys send us your questions
0: we'd love Mm -hmm. to hear more from you guys
1: Is this me? It's time for chocolate kisses. Yes.
3: Chocolate, <laughs> <laughs> chocolate
1: kisses. Um, Amy Jo. Amy Joe put that emphasis on the chocolate. Ooh, I gotta think lace? about one. I gotta think about one chocolate chocolate. Well, while you think about while you think about one, I can uh, I can go. Mm-hmm. So my chocolate kiss is going to go to my wedding planner because she's awesome. And she's also a black girl. <laughs> so black girl magic. And she has honestly changed my life because I went from being extremely stressed to just kicking up my feet and being like, Oh, you got that girl. Right. All right. bet. see, this is why we team. We make a great team. Meanwhile, she's looking at me like, girl, I'm doing all this work. And I'm like, that's okay. <laughs> that's why I got you. Right.
0: <laughs> Yay, we working so hard. She's like, yes. we, we
1: are working so hard, girl. She's like, yeah, girl. Okay. <laughs>
0: Jesus, but like yeah. that's fine. Just run me my coins, that's, right?
1: And it's fine. And it it's fine. Listen, shout out to her. Shout out to Black Girl Magic because my wedding planner is turning out to be one of the best decisions I've ever made. So I'm mm. here for
2: it. Well, yeah. you know what? On that note, I want to send my chocolate kiss out to the bride to be, to Sunshine, because y'all, what? I got the most bomb. Um, <laughs> do you still say bomb anymore? I'm gonna say the ten minutes. <laughs> anyway, it was an amazing <laughs> box a bridesmaid box like will you be my bridesmaid and wait a minute at first of all i took pictures of it i'm gonna post them y'all and post them on my instagram page hopefully you know me and um like i sent the pictures like oh my god i got everything i never said like yes i would be her bridesmaid i mean i was like of course yes it got my name on it like how can i say no my name is already on it but <laughs> my chocolate kiss goes out to uh dr sunshine and if if this was the idea of her um Planner in chocolate, double chocolate kisses to her because it was so cute. My box was adorable. Okay, so okay, okay.
0: That. I'm gonna stop you right there because I literally video chatted Dr. Sunshine when I got my box. Okay? Listen, I video chatted. That box was bomb. Like, look at Loved my Loved it. And then I said to myself, I, I'm, I'm tired of people just asking me like that. I'm like, where's my gift? I need a box. <laughs> I <got> a box. <laughs> I'm not walking in your wedding. I'm no
1: good, right? I'm I not good, be no good, right? right? hey, Listen, box if
2: you plan on asking me to be in your wedding and you don't box. send no box, listen, it's going to be a rough go because Dr. Yeah, Sunshine it. just ruined it she for ruined all of Oh, my now God. Now you want me to be
1: in your wedding. I need a box. Dr. Chris talk about all these weddings that I say yes to and I ain't never got no box. <laughs> I was like, this box I, I is... I,
0: is felt oh. I felt disrespected. I felt disrespected.
2: Look, I'm looking for my box right now. Because you know what? I'm worth it. <laughs> you are worth it dr chris oh, shoot. I doctor?
0: shoot worth
1: it man, i'm worth it
0: maybe i should do my <laughs> chocolate kiss to me i'm worth it done
1: oh my goodness <laughs> yes doctor listen Listen. No, between i was so between excited y'all between y'all's text messages the pictures y'all sent me
0: i was so happy i'm on the phone with her, like you see this i was like and, I, and what's funny thing is I got the box and I started opening it. And I'm like, oh, shoot. I was probably supposed to call her. And and at the time, it opened it in real time. So I tried to fix it back
1: like I didn't open it. I know, it. right?
2: <laughs> I definitely tied my back together. Like, and then Dr. Chris so talking to me
1: like, I don't know what's in the box. She's like, oh look at this. Look at yes. this. Oh, this is nice, girl. I'm like, I know what's in the box. Awesome. I, know, I know. So nice. I know. I was excited. I was excited and i was like this great. anyway okay before we go um we want to let you guys know please follow us on instagram twitter at the chocolate mds um you can also email us at at the chocolate mds at gmail.com um we look forward to getting your questions you guys can interact with us on instagram on twitter social media in general we have a facebook page our website all the things. You guys know where to find us. Feel free to interact with us and all that good stuff. And unless you ladies have something else you want to say, I think we should bid y'all farewell. Enjoy your night, y'all. Good night, y'all. Bye.